Jayad, what have you been playing? I have been playing some seriously old school games. Okay, it's time for the Atari again. Yeah, yeah not quite. <laughs> it's actually PlayStation 5. And, oh, okay. Look at you, Mr. Mother. And some Xbox as well, both X and S. Mm. Mm. So I've been playing... The, the game I think I've been playing the most, I say I think, because I haven't totted up the hours, is Street Fighter VI. Remember I said I, that was the oh. one I was really looking forward to. Oh, Street Fighter VI. I, di- I didn't think you were going to be like a Street Fighter. I have loved guy. Street Fighter VI since Street Fighter II Turbo on the SNES. Where you kicked mm. the car. I Yeah, I, I loved that game so much. I bought so many different versions of it, but... Street Fighter 2 Turbo was the best. I never understood it in the arcades because it was a big deal in the arcades when I was young. Right. And yeah. I, I just didn't understand it. Well, why would you want to do this in an arcade? And it took me a long time to figure it out. Anyway, uh, Street Fighter 6 is awesome. Absolutely awesome. I'd say it's the best version of Street Fighter yet. There have wow. been a few lemons. Uh, sure. I don't know about lemons, but you know, not quite up to the mark. The Street Fighter V, when it came out, was a little bit weird, you know, a little bit broken, particularly online. But my goodness, do they get Street Fighter VI right? It's smooth, it's fast, it's responsive. Like the screen is constantly exploding in a cacophony of color. Mm. It's just crazy. You didn't really have that before. So you've got these weird kind of cartoony splashes happening that turn some people off. But I have to say, I think it adds something to this version. The amount of depth to this game is just ridiculous. Uh, One of the things I really like about it is there is a practice mode, right? And you can turn on all the bells and whistles. So you can see the frame times for how long a move takes to execute, how long you're vulnerable for, you know, the time in which you Mm. can't use the controls at all, how long your recovery time is, and so on. And then you can use that in practice mode to practice against any move by any opponent repeatedly. And guess how much better that made me? A lot? No, not much at all. Zero. (laughs) You know why? I don't have the reflexes anymore. Okay. I mean, I, I consider myself a Twitch player, but but the truth is I'm deceiving myself. The reflexes you need to get the timing right for this, they're next level and they require an awful lot of practice. So I have been playing with the family and my youngest kid has been kicking my butt. And when I say kid, I mean infant, okay? Mm. Absolutely destroying me. And I've been trying to figure this out because I've played this game a lot and I used to be amazing at it. Another thing I should uh, point out that has raised a lot of uh, controversy is that it has two new control styles. So you have the classic control style, right? Where you did kind of D-pad circles, quarter circles, half circles, weird contortions, then press a button, then the move would execute, right? It has two new styles. It has a modern style, which is streamlined, which which I've gotten quite used to, and a lot of professionals seem to be quite impressed with, which takes some doing. You know, they're the 
they're the hardcore. They'd never want those controls to change. But it does give you a little bit of a, a speed advantage. And I need every advantage I can get. The downside is you lose a few moves. Not many, but enough for some of those expert players to say, no, I'm going to stick with the classic mode. And then there's a dynamic mode. And I think that's what the kids are using. And the dynamic mode basically does, well, what appears to be the most painful, damaging move that could possibly done to whoever the opponent is at the time. Sadly, I happen to be the opponent most of the time because I don't use dynamic, I use modern. Mm -hmm. And each of these modes gives you slightly different pluses and minuses. I would say the new... Uh, modern mode is probably the one that most people are going to go for. But yeah, it's exquisite. I mean, it's 60 frames a second. The The animation depth is just crazy. The amount of characters is amazing to begin with. It's really quick to get into. One of the things I didn't like about 5 was, oh, the amount of screens you had to go through to play this game. It's just nuts. And now it's just bang, 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 and you're in. Really beautifully done. Much more streamlined an excellent fighting experience, amazing new effects, amazing new combos, characters have been better balanced, and I'm not as good as my kids. Mm. It hurts. Are they? So, you know, I've never been a fighting game person either because I've never really been good at remembering yeah. the combos. Me neither. Um, but I know like a way I used to play and a way that was annoying to play with friends and family members is just like button mashing. Are the kids mm -hmm. button mashing or are they no. actually... Oh, okay. No, that's what I thought. Because I, I committed the ultimate game of sin. I resorted to button mashing in an attempt to beat them. Yeah. It had no effect. And Didn't they're work. quite... No, and they're calm. They're not furious. They're not like me. Oh, I've got to win this, you know. They're chilled. Oh, they are They're calm tapping the... when they play? Sorry? They are calm when they play. Yeah. Like, oh, then yeah. You're, do you're done. There's some yeah. reason you should keep playing against them. Yeah, if, absolutely. If they have reached that state, you you're pretty much done for. Yeah. Against them. Sorry, Shane. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. So you, you're not into fighting games, no? I don't think so. You don't um, have to be. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I, I've tried them a bunch and I enjoy them. Like I like old, like you know, Street Fighter, old school Street Fighter. And I've actually been wanting to check out the most recent Street Fighter. And I'm thinking that I, you know, we we always need uh, games to play when we do the podcastathon fundraising thing. Actually, mm -hmm. I think Street Fighter might might be one of those that I try out this year. It's just like a fun thing to play um, against people. But I have yet to try it myself. But I've only heard good things. Like. It really feels like there's a bit of a renaissance for fighting games at the moment, right? With like Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat, and there's mm. others too. And so like people seem seem pretty jazzed about what's going on right now. I've been right down the rabbit hole with it. I've been watching all the YouTube videos, and oh my goodness, I I watched hours and hours of YouTube videos in an attempt to recapture my glorious past. I say mm -hmm. glorious past. I was never actually great at Street Fighter. I was competent. You know, I would win some fights, but I would lose most against really, really good players. Sure. But but I enjoyed it because I had a chance. And it just seems to me like because of my loss of reflexes, or maybe just because I'm not able to commit the real serious time into that practice mode with the frame counters and whatever to develop the requisite skill, that that, that means I'm not going to get the most out of it, which, which kind, of, kind of makes me sad, really. But there you go, you know. 
uh, times they keep rolling. It is like, you know, like we talk a lot about the, the the effort that we can put into games and why there are certain types of games that because we're adults, like with with different like responsibilities and the amount of time we're able to play put into video games. Something like a Street Fighter or a lot of like multiplayer stuff, I think we kind of shy away from. And I think that's fine, right? Like there are certain types of people that are going to put all of their gaming time into one type of game. And mm. I think like, I know for me, like I'm just not, that right like any kind of competitive game it's just mm. not going to be what i put my time into because i'm not interested in it enough that i would sacrifice all of my zelda time say to yeah, yeah. getting good at street fire yeah because that's kind of, i guess zelda is like your me time right yeah mm-hmm. whereas practicing for a social thing is literally like learning a sport yeah and who's got the time yes. to learn a sport well yeah, that is exactly the challenge I had when I wanted to play Pokemon competitively online. Mm. Um, it's it, it really eats into your time, not just the time when you're actually playing the game, but the preparation time. So yes, it is like a sport because you got to come up with a strategy, you got to practice, you got to think about it. And so it's not just the actual time spent playing with the console in your hands or the controller in your hands. It's everything that comes before it. So... Um, it's not just so you can, you're like, oh, I'm going to play Street Fighter Six online. It's not just that. There's a lot of practice before it. And so, yeah, when you are busy, um, it gets tricky. And it's why Street Fighter and all of these other sort of more competitive-oriented games are the games that I prefer watching other people play on Twitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because, like, I like the games. I know that I will... Well, unless I make some major changes in my life, I know that I will never be as good as some other people, but I enjoy watching them, you know? Just like I'm never going to be LeBron James, you know, at this point in my life, but I enjoy yeah. watching LeBron. So, thing is, though, I mean, with, with many games, the prospect of just a little bit of improvement is enough for me. I mean, I, I never expect to be the best at anything, but I like the idea that I could actually improve. And no matter how much I've practiced and played, I don't feel like I made a dent in my progress. Mm-hmm. that's kind of dis- discouraging disheartening but you know it, it, it really does boil down to how much does this matter to me and the answer is probably not enough yeah what else you got going on let's see there's a lot of games in this list shade oh yeah i have been playing a lot more than usual mario kart the new okay. tracks mm. i keep I coming back out to the it. newest ones yeah actually they're they're nice they're yeah. prettier i think than the last drop and the, I, I felt like some of the tracks with the last drop were a little bit chaotic. And I found it very, very hard to get orientated. Whereas with the latest drop, they're quite pretty. There are good landmarks. You're not all over the place. It seems reasonably logical, but with enough interest to, to keep you happy. So I would say that the latest drop has been good. I'm, I'm happy with the latest drop. Of course, I'm still getting beaten by uh, pretty much everyone. And that that kind of makes me sad because I'm actually a good driver. There's a theme, There's a theme yeah. emerging here, Shade. It is. I know. Tell me about it. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm a good driver. Mm-hmm. I'm just not a good player. And what does that mean? That means you need to know everything about the game. You need to know exactly which pickups to use at which time, which to save, at what points do you use them? You've got to learn all the shortcuts. And it's the kind of stuff I learned for Super Mario Kart. 
which is why I was so good at that and very, very hard to beat. I haven't got time to do that for this. You know, I just want a casual party game, but of course the the kids have got more time than me, so they they give me a really good beating. Is it enjoyable though? I mean, the thing about Street Fighter Six, right? It's enjoyable, even when I'm getting beaten. Okay, I don't enjoy getting beaten. I'm saying there are moments in there where I'm not getting my face kicked in by my kids where it's like, yeah, I'm I'm on the up here before I invariably lose. But with Mario Kart, there's a sense of if I'm second or first and I'm, I don't know, 100 yards, I said yards, meters from the finish line, I know something's going to happen. And I invariably get red shelled, blue shelled, or some some other uh, terrible calamity befalls me. Uh, it, that's not entirely true. I have had a few first place finishes, but they're much more rare than than I would say my driving merits, but probably completely fair given my understanding of the gameplay mechanics and the interplay between the characters and the pickups. Mm. So yeah. fair. I think fair. I mean, before I used to bemoan the blue shell, right? Mm-hmm. And now it's like, okay, well, that's part of the game. Just deal with it, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm less angry about it, but still not enjoying it as much as I could. <laughs> See, it's interesting to me because, like, again, it's just like the way that people are different. But I, if I was getting beat in Street Fighter, I just don't think I'd be having a good time. Like, mm. I, I just don't think that that would be a good time for me. Like, I think I would probably find it quite frustrating. But in Mario Kart, even if I'm losing, I'm still enjoying myself because the game, I think, is just tailored to be, at least for me anyway, like just more of an enjoyable experience where Street Fighter would be more of a like challenge, you know? But maybe you mm. really enjoy the challenge and, and you losing. want fairness, you know? You don't want yeah. you know, <laughs> a rubber band in. Not for yeah, you. yeah, yeah. The rubber banding seems a bit more extreme, and and possibly a little too tight at the the leader's end, and probably fairly loose at uh, at the rear. You know, mm-hmm. but it's fine. It, it's part of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, they've designed a great game, and I just need to get good. And you you need to get good and get good at protecting yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And and it's my own fault for not learning the latest iteration because every let's face it every version of Mario Kart has evolved or changed in some way. Mm-hmm. And you otherwise, what's the point? You might as well just be playing Super Mario Kart on the SNES, right? Yeah. So yeah, I accept that a bit more now. I hope that they find a way to revert to like the double dash mechanic at some point or produce something. That was mm. a fun. I enjoyed double dash. That, that was, was cool. really fun. Me too. You, you know, I never played Double Dash. Oh, it's so good. It's so different, and, and yeah, like or as different as a as a Mario Kart game can be, but it, it it has a different vibe to it, and and I enjoy it. There's a bit, there's a different level of strategy going on with Double Dash. Yeah, maybe I should check it out some emulator or something. So I have been finding solace elsewhere. Okay, and that is in Call of Duty Modern Warfare. I know, I know, unpredictable, mm. unpredictable. I've been playing uh, the the modern version plus the remaster, the PS4 remaster. I've been playing them back to back. So I'll play one one day, play the other one another day and keep making progress in each one. And I love them. I have to say, absolutely love them. Really enjoying it. Really enjoying going through 
the remaster again, but also really enjoying the new version. And my skills are improving. I'm able to do things now that I wasn't able to do before. And I wonder if it's because I got myself a DualSense Edge controller. Oh, oh pro gamer. Fancy. Stand back, okay. everyone. We've got a pro gamer in We've got a gamer here. Uh-huh. Well, I don't know about that, but I tell you what, it does make a difference. It makes aiming easier. And Why? I always had issues. I, I think adjustable tension. Okay makes a difference yep. plus being able to change the the thumb grips yep so i'm using different ones to the defaults are you using the but flappy paddles i am uh i'm i'm using those for grenades okay and i've also set the trigger points mm-hmm. to be much much uh, tighter mm-hmm. so i have completely customized it to play Call of Duty, and it just feels great. I mean, I'm able to do things I I used to watch in the PS3 version of Modern Warfare. I watched other people do it in replays, and I thought, there's no way you can do that. Stuff like they, uh, the, the very best players would have a sniper rifle, and they'd run and gun. They'd pull the thing from the hip, and immediately they'd have you lined up, mm-hmm. and they'd get you. And I've been able to do that. And that, for me, is huge. It's like it's one of the most satisfying things you can do is to rapidly pull up your sniper scope, have someone in the sight immediately fire, and because you because it feels so much more precise and accurate with the controller, more often than not, you're able to pull that off while you're moving. So I'd say the controller's worth it. The game has been great. Of course, I haven't tried my um my luck at multiplayer because i'm sure i get absolutely ruined online oh, so you're playing like the campaign yeah yeah okay that's been a lot of fun and i also played so i played those two i also tried the uh world war ii call of duty okay. that was a ps4 game and it looked nice enough but you know what it just felt grim it just felt grim because that whereas the modern warfare games feel like they're playing on potential scenarios, World War II just feels like, oh my God, all these people died. So many people died. And you're, you're conscious of the history of this event. And it weighs so heavy on someone like me who was born in the 60s and, and raised on stories of the horrors of World War II and how we must never allow that to happen again, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's that grimness. But also, I don't think the game is as good but it was going for a bargain on on some sale, so I went for it because it's a Call of Duty game. And, of course, as you all know, not all Call of Duty games are made the same, nor are they made by the same teams. Yeah, it seems like they're changing some of that stuff up. I've been reading about recently that, like, it's... Un- like Because isn't the most recent... Um, that It's, like, not a full Call of Duty they're doing now. They kind of seem to be doing, like, a... Uh, like a halfway step kind of Call of Duty, and then they're going to go to like a. More, it seems like they're going to go to more of a, like a TikTok style, mm, um, right? Not the not the social network thing, uh, as a way to kind of like continually advance it because they also have like, um, what's the second game called now? The one that's always on the free to play. Uh, Cold. No, no, not Cold War. 
uh, oh my God. Uh, something ops. Oh my, Is it Black, Black ops? ops. Black ops. Black yeah. ops. Yeah, cause I think because they have Black ops now, they're kind of like mixing it up a bit. They've got these like season passes. They're adding a bunch of rappers to the game. Like it seems like they're really kind of changing up Call of Duty a little bit now, which is yeah, very interesting. Yeah, so that's me. All right, I got a few games for you. Okay. Oh, I should say. Yeah. I don't have a list. I've only been playing Zelda. Yeah. So, and yeah. we're gonna talk about that. So we're gonna talk about that like, later on. Yeah. Uh, Disney Illusion Island. It is a a new, um, unbelievably, like I don't think you're going to believe me when I say this. It is a Disney Metroidvania. <laughs> this sounds incredible. So okay. they've, it's, um, oh, I'm going to have to find the name of the company. Uh, is this made by my friends at Delala? This is made by, I'm looking right now, I'm struggling. I think it's only on the Switch. And oh, the Nintendo website is really bad at saying who it's made by. I will try and find that information out. This is a this is a brand new game. It came out like a couple of weeks ago, and it is essentially uh, an entry point Metroidvania game. So it's very simple, and it's you know there isn't any combat in the game. Actually, you can't. There are enemies but you can't defeat them. All you can do is jump over them. And throughout the game, you are getting various different ways in which you can traverse. You get a double jump, you get like a, a, a ground pound, like, and these what are what allow you to uh, unlock parts of the map that you otherwise can't get to, right? So it's a lot of like, you go up to this area, you go back down to this path you were at before, now you can get through this, barrier that you couldn't get through it's like it's a really interesting way to bring metroidvania style to a new audience because it is couch co-op uh me and adina are playing together um so we're playing as two player only and it has challenge to it but there are accommodations that you can set like you can set the amount of hearts that you want because like you know you can fall in pits and get hurt and stuff but you can also just be like you can't die like you can set it that you just can't die but you know so like for different players you have different like levels of uh skill that you can set that you can set to it which is really cool uh, i'm still trying to find who makes this game it, and it is delala okay it is fantastic this game is so much fun. The art style is great. The writing is laugh, laugh out loud funny. Like, and it's just text. Like, it's not like there's it's voice acted even, and it is super funny. Like, it's a very funny game. It's it's a very um, it's even got some like, it almost feels like Celeste in some points. Like some of huh. the like the challenges that you have to do you like jump wall jump wall jump wall jump double jump and get this item like it is it, there is some real challenge to the game which was kind of interesting considering like it feels at some points like entry level but then there are additional things that you can do to make it more so yeah i'm really enjoying this game the music is amazing it's so good like apparently the music is actually fully awkward orchestrated like it's a full orchestra that produced the music wow. and you can tell it is like super super good and when there are cutscenes, the cutscenes are like fully animated cutscenes. like they look like cartoons like cartoon animated cutscenes. um this is a really fun game like is a I, it is i think it is a very good like playing with mixed uh skill level kind of game 
So I've been really enjoying that. Uh, my big recommendation at the moment though is Dave the Diver. I need to know about this one because I think yeah. as soon as I finish the Zelda story and I need a bit of a break from it, this is what I want to play. So tell me about it. So I think Dave the Diver is is going to be like the dark horse on a bunch of Game of the Year lists this year. Okay. Like, it's not going to win Game of the Year, right? Like I think that that's probably already set between one or the other, right? But I feel like you're going to see... who's the other? Starfield. Oh, yes. Right? So like I it, keep forgetting about it. Yes. If it okay. la- Like if Starfield lands, right? Then it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. Um, Dave the Diver is kind of... There are two main parts of the game, right? One part is underwater fishing. So you are scubaing mm. and you have like a ha- like a harpoon and some other weapons and you have to like catch fish underwater. V- okay. Fish of varying sizes, varying skill levels. Some are going to attack you, some are not. You have like an oxygen counter which is both like a kind of like a timer for how long you can be underwater but also if you take damage it like from a fish if a fish attacks you it takes from your oxygen which is just like i like that because it's only one thing to keep track of um and you know you can upgrade your weaponry you can upgrade your uh like your your gear so you can be underwater for longer and there's also like so that's that's one part of the game you're catching fish the other part of the game is sushi restaurant management sim what so Wait, you're is catching this game like is this game like dredge is it similar to dredge mm, no i don't think so i okay. think because dredge is like a mystery game right like yeah because but they're both about fishing yeah right? but they're not the same yeah Okay, okay. It's like saying, like, is this like Animal Crossing? But I would actually say it's actually not too dissimilar from Stardew Valley in it's like you've mm. it, there's a clock, right? Like you have a day and you have multiple things you can do in a day and then the clock ticks over and it's another day. But there is also story and intrigue in the game that unfolds as the days go on. And there are like missions that you can go on, which are you can do in addition to needing to collect your fish so you can open the sushi restaurant and you can employ staff and learn new recipes and there's like this this like interesting story that's teased out over time uh there's loads of things to manage i've unlocked a fish farm where if i collect eggs when i'm fishing it can go to the fish farm to create more fish to go to the sushi restaurant and there's like uh an Instagram kind of thing inside of it where like you have to promote the, f- the restaurant on social media and they were like, it is a really weird, incredibly fun game that I am loving. Like it's in my top five of the year. Easy. Like, Are you playing it on your Steam Deck? I'm playing it on Steam Deck, yeah. Cool. Um, I, mean, I think it's only on Steam right now. Right. Um, and it was one of these games, you know, like a lot of these successful games of the last few years where it's been in early access for for quite a while. Like I right. bought Dave the Diver like four months ago, but just never played it. Like I've mm. got it on a Steam sale, I think. Um, and it, I've got it on early access and uh, it's just been sitting on my Steam Deck and I finally booted it up now because 1.0 is out now. And uh, yeah, it is... I really recommend it. If you've enjoyed, like, if you've ever played Stardew and liked it, um, something even like an Animal Crossing to a point, which because mm. there are like things you can do in the day and there's like tasks and stuff. 
But if you enjoy story, if you enjoy like strategy, there's a bit of everything in this game. Like I've heard it mentioned a bunch of times, like Day of the Diver is like four games in one. Um, I yeah, I really really recommend it. Like uh, even if you don't, even if like you listen to me and like ah, I don't like those kinds of games. I think the other thing that I would say is like if you want to play the games that are cons- going to be considered like game of the year contenders, you're going mm-hmm. to need to play this because it's going to be one. Like th- there are a lot of people that are going to put this on their game of the year lists. Like I'm sure of it. I think it got. I think it's got like a bunch of nines and tens out of ten. Like, wow, it's, it's okay. a good. It is a good. It is a very fun, very good, very solid video game. Also very funny, really cool, like pixel art style. Um, interesting mechanics. Like, there are there's lots of little bits thrown in. Like, mm. you know, like you there are like lots of mini games, like pouring a beer mini game. Like, there's like a lot of interesting stuff going on in the game. Like, it's very like keeps you keeps you hooked because you you really don't know what each day is going to bring so right well i'm sold yeah i really recommend yeah. it like i i think you two should play it like definitely i think you'd enjoy it okay so i i, I thought i was going to go final fantasy 16 after zelda but i think i may just try dave the diver because it seems like like you know after zelda getting into another big chunky you know, story-based game. I feel like I could use something simpler, easier, funnier. And I think I'm going to go with this one and then Final Fantasy 16. I think you should because I feel like you know you're going to like Final Fantasy 16 too, right? Mm-hmm. It's another big game. Yes. And this might be a good kind of palate cleanser as well exactly. as like, let's just try this out before it, exactly. before it goes by. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to do it on the Steam Deck. It's yeah. been a while since I played the Steam Deck, so it's going to be nice too. To try it again. Me too. Like mine, I had to find my Steam Deck because we like we've been doing a bunch of decoration. Like, where is the Steam Deck? Yeah, where, wait, where's my Steam Deck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, something you'd never say about your gamer PC. <laughs> no, no, no. That thing is lit up, right? I know where that is at all times. It lets yeah. me know. This episode of Remaster is brought to you by Factor. With the busy fall season just around the corner, you might be looking for some wholesome, convenient meals for your jam-packed days. Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, and it can help you fuel up fast if chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. With Factor, you can skip the extra trip to the grocery store. Their fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, and you have more than 34 flavor packed options to choose from every week if you want something special you can level up with their gourmet plus options prepared to perfection by chefs and ready to eat in record time so you can treat yourself to treat yourself to upscale meals with premium ingredients like broccolini leeks truffle butter and asparagus plus you can keep your energy up with lunch to go factors effortless wholesome meals like grain bowls and salad toppers no microwave required then to finish your order choose from their 45 add-ons which include tons of beautiful tasty breakfast items like apple cinnamon pancakes bacon and cheddar egg bites and smoothies what i love about factor is that i sometimes find myself in a situation where i've had a busy day and i've lost track of time 
and I need to eat, and I'm here at the studio, and I haven't prepared anything, and I'm running out of time, and I just go buy something bad for myself. This is a thing that you want to be able to break. This is a thing that I'm happy to break. This is exactly what Factor helps you break, because you get really excellent food that is, tastes great, and is nice and balanced, and just makes you feel good. You don't feel gross afterwards, and some of the, these things, they can, you know, you can get their lunch stuff, but you can also get stuff you can pop in the microwave. It's very easy to have a microwave around, and then you have something tasty something single serving you know maybe you're making dinner for one you know maybe your friends or your partner are out for the evening you want to just have something nice and easy to cook for yourself without going through all the hassle maybe you're tired maybe you've had a long day these are all of the things that factor is awesome for and you can rest assured that you're making a sustainable choice because factor offset 100% of their delivery emissions to your door along with sourcing renewable electricity and featuring sustainably sourced seafood Head to factormeals.com slash remaster50 and use the code remaster50 to get 50% off your first box. That's code remaster50 at factormeals.com slash remaster50 to get 50% off your first box. A thanks to Factor for the support of this show and all of Relay FM. Okay, remaster listeners, this is your spoiler warning for the story of The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. We're going to talk about the story. So because I know you haven't finished it, Shahid, and I want you to experience this game one time, we're going to yeah. kick you off now. So you can what? go. No. You go no, away. No. Bye. Hey, I want to I listen. I cannot, you can be, I cannot abide by spoiling this game for you. Mm-mm. So you can come back it. next time. All right, is he gone? Shane, are you gone? gone? Are you sneaking? Are you like just like pretending to not be here? Did he just leave? All right, so now me and you have been talking a bunch, Federico. Yes. Have you finished? Okay, so there's an important clarification here. As we are recording this, I paused my Nintendo Switch. I am literally just before the final fight against. Ganondorf. Ah, you're killing me. I'm sorry. You're killing me. Like, there's literally just one fight left for me in the main story. (sighs) There's plenty we can discuss. I guess there will be some events that happen in this final fight. Um, um, There will be, I assume, some surprises. Mm -hmm. I think, unfortunately, I spoiled one for myself, but that's okay. Well, I mean, Um, if you know what it is, why why don't you just say what that is? I saw one image of Ganondorf. I know that it's you as it all as it's always the case. I know that it's a multi-stage fight, mm-hmm. and I saw an image. Unfortunately, I didn't mean to do it uh, of Ganondorf turning into a dragon. Um, so I saw an image that said "Demon Dragon," and so I'm assuming that as part of the final battle, there will be the the dragon version of Ganondorf. Uh, and I guess that the light dragon will also participate. I'm not going to spoil this for you, right? Like the, the the fact that you've seen it will allow me to at least just say that, like, it is one of the most epic final yeah, final fights I've ever experienced. Because I can't wait to see it. Yeah. I can't wait to see it. Right, so but it, I, I know yes. that part exists. Okay, the, I'll tell you right now, it is like emotional, just how epic. Okay, this final kind of fight is. I need to experience for myself. Uh, but yeah, I mean, let's 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 cut right to it. Zelda turns into a dragon in this game. Unbelievable! <laughs> like, what the it's, what the hell? Like, what just happened? In it's the, in, an with, incredible turn. 
Yes. Right? Yes. That there was one criticism, right? There was one criticism of Breath yes. of the Wild is like they, they 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 couldn't get a story together. And yeah. what we said at the time was like, look, it makes sense in a way because if you can experience the game in any order, how do you pull a story together? Mm. Well, in Tears of the Kingdom, they worked it out. Yes. Now, they the really way did. that you do it is you just have to repeat some things every now and again, which no. I think they actually do a pretty good job of, like even with the repeating they do like you know like the repetition of kind of like explaining the cutscenes once you clear a temple with the yeah. sage yeah yeah and like but they do, but they always have like new visuals to go along with it so like i always think it's kind of fine but like the disclosure like mechanism of the dragon tears is just like it's so well so well done because what they landed on was if you just make an interesting story and cut it up in just the right ways, mm-hmm. you can build additional intrigue, yes. right? Because like you're like, oh, this person's dead. I uh, just saw this person die, and it's like, wait, she's back again. How? Like it's fascinating. Yeah. So the 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 thing is with uh, with the dragon tears, um, they really have sort of uh, optimized the the mechanic of the memories that they had in Breath of the Wild. Yeah. And by 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 adding more and I mean let's face it a more interesting story. It's a better story. There's more story sure but it's also a better one and a more interesting one. Um more fully developed with more focus on different characters and the I was so intrigued by unlocking these memories for the Dragon Tears in random order. And so, for example, I saw Queen Sonia, right? The first queen of the Hyrule Kingdom die. Uh, I, no, actually, I saw a, 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 a graveyard or something for Queen Sonia or a reference to Queen mm. Sonia being dead before I saw the cutscene for Ganondorf stabbing Sonia yep. in the back. Yep. So, like... Piecing these things together, I was like, wait, Sonia is dead because Ganondorf killed her? How? And then, you know, weeks later, I found the other dragon tear with that memory. That was so interesting as a process. And, and it makes you wonder and it makes you talk to your friends, right? That's what we did. I was like, hey, are you also unlocking these dragon tears in random order? And you were like, yeah, totally. It's meant to be like that. And so, like, it creates that social aspect of talking to other people about the game that was so, like, that thing we did, you know, chatting back and forth. That was part of the experience of playing the game. Yeah, but <laughs> like a lot of the experience is like, did you get to the? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you see yeah. this? Yeah. The Which thing, is very yeah. fun, uh, and it's also like, this game is interesting because you know, me and you were talking, and you were like, "All right, I'm going to the final thing." That I'm like, you need to understand. There's a lot more game. Let left. Me just, this is not the final part. Yeah. It's like, how about a surprise dungeon that you didn't expect that you were that was be doing, so right. So after you clear the four regional phenomena, right? You clear the four temples. And suddenly, folks, you know, suddenly, um, who, who is it? that It's not Impa. What's the name of the other um, Shika uh, lady who's now in charge? I don't, I don't remember. Um, uh, the, the lady waiting for you at the uh, landing. What's it called? Um, Lookout landing. Lookout landing. Uh, so anyway, she realizes, wait, um, 
So in the past, I guess there were not four sages, there were five sages. So there's a missing fifth sage. And so I sort of knew that going to Hyrule Castle, I knew that that was not going to be the final part because that it seems that like it was going to be too easy to just, yeah, just go again to the castle and you're going to find Ganondorf in the sanctum waiting for you, just like in Breath of the Wild. And I know that I, I sort of felt that it was going to be different. But to be surprised with effectively another major quest that involves finding who, finding out who the fifth sage used to be. And then, of course, you realize mm-hmm. the fifth sage used to be Minero. Minero, if my, if, if my understanding is correctly, was um, Sonia's sister, I want to say. Um, were they related? Or maybe I'm getting this wrong. Anyway, no, she was I think another Zelda. Raru's sister. Raru's sister. Okay, so she was somebody's sister. Yeah. Um, so, and, and you realize that basically, and this is what I think Tears of the Kingdom does so well. It creates this connection between past events that happened thousands of years ago and the present time of you playing the game. And so, and that's when you realize, okay, so Zelda turned into a dragon as a way to, like she sacrificed her human form so that she could live forever, restore the power of the Master Sword, and leave these dragon tears all across the map for you to find thousands of years later. So imagine that sort of sacrifice and that sort of commitment. Mm-hmm. And all and Mineru, unlike the other sages, the other sages said, I will eventually have uh, some kind of descendant. There will be another person of my people who will take on the role of sage and they will help you. I can promise you as much. But Minero did something completely different. Minero also sacrificed her human form and she effectively rebuilt her consciousness into a Zonai construct. And so you're like, that whole quest was incredible. It's a yes. mech, basically. It's a mech that follows you around. So and that I yeah. had one of these like funny like ways of discovering this thing. So like I was down in the depths. So like I I saw Zelda in the castle, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like oh look look at Zelda, she's in the castle. And I'm like I know that's not Zelda. And yeah. like I was bringing my Breath of the Wild knowledge to this game, and it's like well I'm not going to go in the castle yet because that's going to end the game. So I'm going to leave mm-hmm. that. I want to go explore a bit more. So I was doing some more exploring. I was down in the depths, and I came across the mine oh, where no way. the mech is. The construct site, yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, what is this? And like, I was oh trying God. to work out how to do something. But you and couldn't. I ended, I ended up Googling like the, the name of the place. And it's like, stop by going to the castle. I'm like, oh, uh, okay. Uh, then you realized. Yeah. So then, then I realized. went and did the whole thing, like, which led me all the way back down to, to finish that part. But like, I... If I wouldn't have come across that, I probably still now wouldn't have gone to the castle because, like, I, I wouldn't have wanted to finish. Or, like, mm-hmm. you know, I probably would end up doing what you did. Be like, oh, I want to talk about it on the show. Let me go to the castle and then find out I've actually got many oh, more hours of the video game. There's a lot game more left. video game yeah. ahead of me. Yeah, I just... The thing that really worked in this game for me, and again, I got to do the final fight, but I'm almost there, and I think I have a pretty good sense of the story at this point, the thing that really works for me is this idea of it's the past calling to you in the present mm-hmm. and sort of past events having consequences and helping you now 
at, with this incredible time distance. And I mean, you see that right at the beginning of the game, right? When the Master Sword sort of gets transported from Link in the present times back to Zelda at the very beginning of time. So you immediately get a glimpse of that idea, that concept at the beginning of the game. But to see it sort of grow throughout the whole game, this idea of stuff that happens that happened in the past, you're finding out about it now, but it's also having consequences in the mm -hmm. world around you. Mm -hmm. I thought that was so cool and so well done. Um, to the point where I kind of, and I'm, I, I, I'm going to say it, imagine... Imagine a third game in this series where it sort of blends the open world mechanic with some with sort of the kind of idea that we saw in Zelda um, Oracle of Ages for the Game Boy, where you can actually move between multiple timelines, um, not just see memories from the past timeline, but actually navigate multiple timelines. That would be incredible, but it, we'll talk about that in the future. Um, I, I just yeah. want to be a dragon, make Link a dragon. Right, that's the third game. That that part was so emotional and unexpected. Yeah, so weird. Weird, but also kind of like it was weird. I was like, wait, Zelda is gonna turn into a dragon, but also like it makes sense in the, the context the design of, of the dragon. Is yeah. weird, too, right? Like it's so it's funny. strange. It's, fu it's funny looking. Yeah. I think. Like I mean, I've heard some mistakes, but it, it looks like it looks like Zelda's been driven to madness. Like that's what it looks like. Mm -hmm. Like the dragon looks mad, right? Like like wild. Like it's a very strange design. But I think that that adds to the kind of emotion of it all. Really, I think it. I think it does. And 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 I think what also did it for me was the idea of the you know this dragon has been sort of flying around and roaming the lands of Hyrule for thousands of years, yep. waiting for you. To yep. wake up and realize what happened and experience the events that it's very loopy as a story, right? Uh, but this idea of she's been waiting for you this entire time, including in the previous game, even though she was actually there, like, right? That, that's, uh, you know, from a timeline perspective, very trippy. I'm so in for this type of, you know, sort of time based storytelling. Um, but yeah, that part with the cutscene when she swallows the dragon tear and you know she screams, turns into a dragon, so well done. And also very well done, I thought, uh, when Link have finally reaches the light dragon. Um, and it's it's I sort of read into that as the light dragon, you know, making making that noise and sort of just flying around and allowing you to pull out the master sword from from her head or whatever. Yeah. Um, being like, oh, she's happy to see you. She's been waiting for you this whole time. And now you can finally take the Master Sword. Yeah, man. I mean, I was so surprised. And then the, the mech, right? The fifth sage. Uh -huh. <laughs> You're riding the construct. Um, which I actually think it's better to let the construct assist you than to ride yeah, the, the construct. Yeah, I, I think they kind of missed missed yeah. the mark on the yeah. experience of riding it's not too strong <laughs> it's not very strong. it's not strong and it's like clunky like it's in that clunky. area where you're supposed to, where like they want you to use the mech in the depths it was just harder like it was just it was just harder than if i was just on the ground you know um but it's still super fun and it is also useful like as you're exploring the depths because you know you you can walk on the gloom Yes, with, that, with, that part with is map. very useful. 
Um, the thing is, I'm going to finish the story most likely tonight. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm fully prepared with recipes for gloom resistance and gloom recovery, defense boosts and all of that. But the thing is, there's still so much to do in this game, right? And I feel like I will be reaching that part of the game. And the same thing happened with Breath of the Wild, where I finished the story, but then I sort of, I took a break and then I knew there was more I wanted to do. Yeah. And so that would be sort of a, a second life to the game, right? Where you start doing the side quests and getting all the different pieces of armor, but then you can do it on your own time, like an hour each day. Maybe you just play a few hours each week and you dip in and out and it's a game that lasts, I mean, look at Breath of the Wild. It lasted for six years. I mean, um, this is a game that's built more to last. Like, there's more to do. Yes, like, there's just yes. genuinely more to do, and there's more like interesting things that you can go and do in this game. Like, I was quite surprised. So, my Breath of the Wild hour counter was like 160 hours, and I'm up to like 100 hours. Yeah, on, it's a longer game. I, it, it, it's obviously a longer game. I mean, yeah. there's two and a half surfaces of the map. Yeah. To explore, yeah, because I don't. I mean, the Sky Islands are not as dense as the depths and and Hyrule surface. There's just no way that I would have assumed this, right? Like, because I remember how long I was playing Breath of the Wild for, right? Like, I felt like I was playing it for months and months and months, like, and just kept it. Just was going to the game, like back and back to the game constantly, and it just felt like you know. Obviously, I put more time into it in a shortest period of time, but like. It was just quite a surprise to me, and and I and I, I do want to go back to it. The, the difference now is I do have more to play, right? But then yes. I did when when Breath of the Wild came out, so yeah. it's easier to keep going back to it and spending more time in it. But like this year is just like a quite um, absurd year for video games, so yeah. it's a little bit trickier. But like I'm happy that I finished it. But there are things that I still want to do. That I have areas, you know. I I like that you can get the the traveling map. Thing or whatever they call it, the hero's path mode. Yes. That's in the game. Um, and I like that I can see all the places I haven't been to. Exactly. I mean, probably yeah. what will bring me back is DLC. Like, they will, I'm sure they will do DLC for this game. Oh, yeah. Right? Why not? And then that will be, like, if I haven't already gone back, like, that will be great, right? Because then I can go back and do more of the game. Like, I'll have an excuse. Yeah. I want a motorbike. Like, I know I can build my own, but I just want the motorbike That's as well because it's just like my favorite thing ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so uh, like this, I mean, look, there's no doubt in my mind, right? Like this is my favorite game of all time. Like it, 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 it honestly like makes Breath of the Wild look bad. Right? Like, it's like you know well, what I, I mean. Like it's not like it's a bad game, but it's better. It's, it's so much better. It's it's almost unbelievable as a thing. It, it is. It's so much better in the same world. They, it honestly feels like they managed the impossible, which yeah. is, you know. Keep the same graphics engine, keep the same world, but still make it feel so much bigger, so much denser, so much more interesting with the story, with more music, with more characters, more side quests. A a crafting mechanic, it's honestly, it kind of feels like they've done the unthinkable, which is at this point in our lives, make the perfect Zelda game. Mm -hmm. And sure, maybe it'll be perfect until the next Zelda game, but for now... I agree with you. It's my favorite favorite game Nintendo ever made. There's no question about it. And and I've I feel like I've seen 10% of it. And it makes me feel this way. Imagine when I see a hundred percent of it. Good luck. 